2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Writing partners, musicals from Australia, and mothers and daughters. Look forward to these topics and so much more on today's episode. I'm your host, Sean Chandler, and you're listening to your program as your ticket. A discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. Dean Guild writer, and creative producer and company director of DHB Theatrical in Melbourne, Australia, and writer, director, composer, performer, Geordie Race-Coldry, are part of the continuation of a series called Act Two Places, which gives theatre folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of the COVID pandemic on them and their organizations and their plans for reemergence. Dean and Geordie are here to discuss the premiere of Suddenly, a short new musical, Suddenly is a short new contemporary musical that foregrounds the importance of strong familial relationships, the power of overcoming your self-doubts, and acts as a reminder to appreciate what and who you have. Now, Keep in mind that our interviews are recorded at different times to optimize schedules, just in case the audio sounds different here and there. These artists are my very first interview out of Australia, and I am super excited. So let's bring them on. Hi, Dean and Jordy, and welcome to Your Program is Your Ticket.
4: Hi, Sean. Hello. Thank you so much for having us on. We are so excited to be here. I am thrilled. I have
3: forever wanted to interview uh, guests from Australia, and I just I couldn't get my hands on anyone. We and are so honored to uh to, to be filling that slot. <laughs> you are. You're the first in like almost a hundred shows that I've done right. and um it, it was just so cool. It was just you know, I put it out to the universe and then I get this email from Dean and I'm like, Okay, the the gods <laughs> are listening. The whoever runs the the planet was listening. Um Let's start by having you introduce yourselves to our listeners. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you connected with each other.
4: Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, I'll start. Um, So my name is Dean Guild. I am a creative producer, writer, and sometimes director. Um, I think, I guess I started on this pathway to theatre and entertainment um, on stage, I'm in various shows and showcases from a very young age. Um, So I obviously always had a passion for theatre. And then I pivoted to the other side of the business recently, just a few years ago. Um, I also have a degree in advertising and studied film and TV, as well as a bunch of other theatre producing courses and things like that. And then... Early last year, I launched DHB Theatrical, um, and this show, suddenly that's coming out soon, will be the very first um, musical production that I have produced and co-written. Oh, (laughs) wow!
3: Cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. amazing. And then, uh, so you basically have experienced two of the most difficult businesses. Ever between <laughs> advertising and, and entertainment, right?
4: Yes, I yeah, that's what I'm drawn to. Right, <laughs> I like exactly. the challenge. Same. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, how about you, Jordy?
4: Yeah,
0: my name's Jordy Race-Coldry. I'm a, a pop musician and actor. Um, so I kind of started off um, as a kid, you know, doing drama classes and, and and performing on stage and doing all of the above. And then, from a really young age, started writing pop music as well. Um, and so I then throughout the years have kind of been molding the, 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 two loves of, of, of pop music and, and, and film, um, as well as musical theatre. Um, and then came on board of suddenly as, um, as the, the, a co-writer and, and, um, I wrote the music and lyrics mm-hmm. and then also in a directorial capacity, which was really exciting for me, um, to kind of, you know, let that be the first, um, step towards that side of, of the industry as well, which is, which is really exciting. And I think one of the biggest things for me is, um, you know, kind of putting, putting my hat and all the different, um, my name in all the different hats of, um, the categories in this, um, industry. Cause I think they're all so interesting.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's always good to experience other people's jobs wherever you are. Um, I I am a a script writer, um, but I've taken acting classes just so I can have empathy for who I'm writing Yeah, for whom I'm writing for. I hope, I hope that's good, proper English there. Um, (laughs) but I, I think it's, I think it's smart. Um, we did a production and I for the whole first like three weeks I sat in the tech booth and learned about how to, you know, throw cues and things like that, yeah. which came in extremely handy for a show that
0: we did. Um, <laughs> do you do a lot of composing? Yeah, well, I spend most of my time doing pop music. So I'm, a, I'm also a pop artist, so I've released um, my own music um, for the past few years. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, you know, done, done some live shows, all of that stuff, which is kind of my, um, my main focus um, for for this at this point in my life and um suddenly was the first um time I've ever composed for musical theater um which was which was a challenge. But yeah really exciting.
3: <laughs> it's you know it's it's different. I know I I've written musicals but all book. All book. I've right, never right. I I have a musical um writing partner who lives in Chicago and he doesn't let me write lyrics anymore. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, but you know, he's he knows how to do it, so that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Dean, tell us about DHB Theatrical. What is your mission?
4: Yeah, so um DHB's mission um, at this stage is to, to represent a new wave of creativity and ideas and Um, focus on developing and producing productions that are powerful, innovative and thrilling, but um, more specifically productions that allow young emerging industry professionals to explore, experiment and entertain. Um, And this is basically because that represents myself as well. Um, And it was really started to produce this show suddenly itself um, and provide more opportunities to people in this difficult time. Um, And, yeah, so that being said, yeah, this is our very first production. So it's super exciting to just to, to, to start this last year and get into it now and have it all released very soon.
3: Wow, that's cool. Um, did any of it make you nervous or throw you or was it a big learning <laughs> curve for you?
4: Um, yeah, so I have, um, previously been involved with producing, writing and directing a couple other productions, film, things like that. Um, but this was kind of the first time it was all on my shoulders. Um, My name was up there. Um, But I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that element of managing and organising it all, and I feel like, yeah, I kind of thrived in that stressful environment. But it also was very um, daunting and overwhelming to start as well. But, yeah, I was just really excited to throw myself into it. And, yeah, and I'm just being so thrilled with what's happened since.
3: Wow. Now, have you had any other activity within uh, a DHB Theatrical? Have you done readings or uh, any, Or do you have anything coming up after Suddenly?
4: Um, not at this stage. Basically, okay. this has been the all-consuming project at the moment. Right. Um, but yes, once this is out, I'm excited to, to start exploring the next project.
3: Right, right just just this very little thing just producing a a, a musical and filming <laughs> it and all that. Wow. That's a small task for. The, yeah. Oh yeah, lockdowns. Easy peasy, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh Jordy, tell us about suddenly a short new musical. Um how did you come up with the idea and uh talk a little bit about the development and the production history thus far.
0: Yeah, well, we were in um, in COVID lockdowns, um, and and Dean was meant to be away um, in New York for um, a producing internship. Um, but um, when he wasn't able to come, obviously because of COVID, he um, started coming up with a few different ideas of a little short um, short music. I mean, you probably would be better um, equipped to talk yeah, about the start of it.
4: Um, it was basically. Yeah, right as I was planning to go to New York for an internship, the world shut down. Everyone decided that COVID was serious. Um, right. and, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so out of this nothingness, I kind of decided that I wanted to use this time and keep learning skills and um, put everything to the test and make something. Um, so it was initially a five minute idea of a show Then it turned into 10 minutes. And then it turned into this 30 minute, um, experience of theater, um, through film. Um, and I think the,
0: where I kind of came on board was Dean had this idea of this five minute show, um, which was really kind of centered around, um, we, like, it didn't it didn't really have much of a plot behind it it was more an idea of an event could happen and we could explore how a singular event could impact different people's lives differently
4: very very telling of the time
0: yeah, exactly <laughs> Indeed? and so and so he asked me to come on board to write the music um, and then from there you know we started just kind of pulling apart the story and saying well okay out of this story that started off with a bunch of different characters, we found the mum and the daughter character was the most interesting part and the part that I wanted to write music for. And, and, and the mum had a voice in my head. And, and I think a lot of the plot points in the show were centered around these four songs, um, in the show. And all of those songs came organically and came from a place of what, what moment deserves, a song, what moment deserves, which character de- deserves a voice to mm-hmm. sing. Um, and I think that throughout the development, we changed a lot of it, a lot of the time, as <laughs> sure. every show does. Right. Um, and we, oh, we did 10, 15 different readings with other people to give us feedback and very early on brought on a music supervisor and a choreographer and a dramaturg and really tried to make sure that every element of the story was exactly the best it could be. Um, and I think what was really exciting for us was, was really giving ourselves the time to break down each moment. And, and because when you've got a 30 minute show, you need to, every moment needs to be doing something, Right. um, there's no room for, for fluff. Um, and so I think we had a lot of, um, uh, a lot of experience with, cutting the parts that you really like, but yeah. there might not be uh, necessarily the most important parts of the story. And yeah. I think a lot of learning curves came with that as
4: well. Definitely. Yeah. 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 But go ahead. Oh yeah. It's so great that we were able to kind of go through all of that with all the help and collaborators we had with us. And now that we have a story that is much more intimately focused on, um, the mother and daughter character and we really get to explore their relationship properly. Um, as they deal with this revelation that has the potential to split them apart, we get to watch how that unravels, yeah, wow. there sounds like
3: um um intrigue on a family level, <laughs>
4: yeah, um, yeah,
3: I was going to ask if you could uh, give us a little peek into the plot, but it
0: feels like there's there's stuff in there that could be given away, and <laughs> I mean at a very basic level, you know it's thirty minutes, so you know if you talk for more than a minute about it, you can give it all away. but <laughs> yeah. so basically, where it came from, I think the interesting part is you know if we if remember that we started off with that idea of lots of people in an event changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. and so suddenly we 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 focus on on Max, the daughter and Lindsay, the mother, and we, we, we see there's something that happens in the show, and they're really close and something happens. Um, Max learns some, some something about her mum, and they basically she runs runs out, wants to get out of the house, Mum follows her. They end up on a train in separate carriages that breaks down, and so then the show is them having to stop and sit and figure out what they're going to do. And they're separate and they, they're, they're not with each other. So they meet
4: different people on the train that they... Um, it's very reflective in that they're not with each other for most of the show and they're forced to look inside themselves and reflect on their trauma and their insecurities that had led them to this point and how they move on from it.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I'm sure many people can relate to that.
4: Yeah,
0: with yeah. song and dance and colorful life, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> a big tap number in the middle of it all, right? I
0: I've, I've been saying we need a tap number. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, what is the style of music? Is it is it pop? Is it rock? Is are, are there various
0: styles? Well, Talk I mean, that. I it, this is the first time I've written music that isn't for my voice, which right. I I struggled with to be honest to start off with because I, I didn't really know how it was going to sound, mm-hmm. but I think that what I love about the the show that we've created is it's kind of um, the style I'd say is pop music, but through the lens of pop rock music theater. And so it's, it's definitely not pop music theater. Um, (laughs) You know, there's a lot of, a lot of new shows that are really trying to bring pop onto a a Broadway stage, which is awesome. But I think we, our show sits in the land of guitars and, and acoustic drums and um, kind of, you know, the sounds of, of spring awakening and freaky Friday and cathartic
4: angst. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. You
3: brought up freaky Friday. Yeah. I, I love that score. Yeah. And it definitely amazing. was one of the, the, the scores that helped. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I loved it. And I don't know, there's a, a Disney channel movie of it. I don't yes. know if the, did you watch that? Yes, have, yeah because I have a complaint about that may 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 I address you with my complaint about Disney's Freaky Friday because you know <laughs> they're listening, I'm sure um, yes. but uh uh they cut out two of the best numbers there's two numbers at the very very end. one that the daughter sings is the mom uh she sings yes. it, oh. she sings it to yes. uh fletcher the the brother slash son, I guess, and then uh the mother sings some no, no.
0: The is mother is singing of this and everything. Yes,
3: yes, 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 yeah. Yes. After all of this and everything, and then and yeah. then the one that the uh, that the daughter sings as the mother. Yeah. I was watching yeah. it. I, I mean, I have those like on my i iPod, and I play them a lot when I walk or run.
0: Yeah,
3: I was Amazing. so disappointed. Me too. I mean, Me too. Was. I was Me too. bummed.
0: Me too. And especially yeah. it's at the end. You're waiting for it to come, and it just doesn't come. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, I love- and I think even even the the um, orchestrations um, of Freaky Friday, I think I, I, I think it's Tom Kit.
4: Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. And um, our music supervisor Ned Wright Smith, um, he who also did um, orchestrations and arrangements with me, we um, were very very influenced by all of what Tom Kit does. Yes. Mm. Um, and it
4: sounds amazing. Like, I <laughs> right. think people are going to be singing these songs for a long time.
0: Oh, very,
3: very cool. Uh, did you also uh, – were there any other shows or scores that were modern that you uh, listened to just for a little, you know, assistance or motivation, maybe like
0: Heather's or Carrie or – Well, I – both of those scores are wonderful, and I, I, I they're definitely the stuff that I love. Um right. Especially, you know um, – there's there's just kind of this drive behind those electric guitars Mm -hmm. um especially in both of those scores that that you kind of you hear the sound and you know how it's meant to feel instantly it does a lot of the work for you right but i think the other score that was really useful for me especially in terms of producing all of this stuff for film Mm -hmm. was looking at how the prom um, took their score from Broadway to film and looking at the differences between that as well. So in the, the Broadway production, um, it it sounds amazing. And when you're live, you get a lot of stuff, excuse me. Yeah. You get a lot of energy from it being live. Right. Sorry. That's okay. You, you, you do. I'll just, I'll cut in here and just say that, that,
3: uh, I saw the prom probably four times here and, um, I loved it, and that is actually a great example of of multiple styles being fitted. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a two hour plus musical on stage, um, but it's there's there are so many different types of of music that you're hearing through throughout it. What's your favorite song in the prom?
0: Uh, but my favorite song in the prom would be um, "Tonight Belongs to You." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I it's yeah. it's, it's I, and the. The um there's a
3: reprise of it that's plays yeah. beautifully in the stage. Did you guys see oh. the stage
4: show? No I didn't get the chance. Oh, okay, yeah.
3: And um the one of our fearless leaders of Broadway Podcast Network is actually a producer of the stage show and the film. So oh, awesome. uh, I know. She also I, produced, like, Legally Blonde, and... like oh, I gosh, I could just go on and on with you guys talking about my Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, just... Do you want to hear my favorite song in the prom? Please. Of course. Step into the world of power, loyalty,
4: and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, if you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday
2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpercasino.com. Welcome
3: to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW group. Boy are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
3: Being Alyssa Reed.
0: Ah, oh, oh, that is a good one. Fantastic. That is
4: a very good one. I, yeah. I
0: completely, that's actually the first song I heard from it. Oh um, yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's it's
3: delightful. And I like the movie too. I'm glad a lot of people got to see the film and, yeah. and yeah. that. Um, so anyways, uh, talk about your your production team. You Obviously, you have a lot of people working on this and your cast. Tell us about them.
4: Yeah. Tell you the production team. Yeah, sure. We, we were um, so, so fortunate to be able to collaborate with the most amazing local and young emerging talent. Um, I think part of the fact that we were creating this during the lockdowns, um, opens up so many opportunities for collaborators, um, which we would not usually be able to work with. So we were very sure. lucky in that sense. Um, and we, yeah, we were able to put up a great core creative team together. Um, our choreographer, Mia Brown, arranger and orchestrator, Joy has been talking about Ned Wright-Smith and our cinematographer, Alex Campbell all of them just worked so well together. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, we couldn't have asked for better people to help make this with us. And we we had known each of them personally and had worked with them in various capacities before, but never to this extent or for a filmed musical that we were kind of creating this idea of. Um, I think
0: one of the biggest things was when Dean asked me to come on board, um, I said to him that, I would only do it if Mia Brown could come on (laughs) as choreographer and I've been friends with Mia for a while and she's never choreographed the show before, but her type of dance and what she improvs and what she, you know, posts videos of doing on on Instagram and stuff is so unique and is just, it, it looks, it looks like where all choreographers want to take stuff in 10 years. Like she feels like she's so fresh and so ahead of everything. And um, the style of, of choreography for this show is is really special. And I, I can't wait for everyone to see it as well.
4: Yeah, And, so. and I should mention that um, everyone in our creative team, myself and Jordy included, this is all our first time in our respective roles in the team. Um, so it has been this like huge learning and experience experience, um, in getting to do this with each other and learn from each other in like a safe and friendly supportive.
3: environment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I, I saw when I was looking at your cast yeah. that I don't know which of the actresses plays the mother and which plays the daughter, but, um, I've, I've interviewed one Elphaba from Wicked and from what I understand, one of your actors is a Wicked, uh, like, uh, alternate or...
0: Yeah, she so, plays um, her, right? Yeah, she 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 did a, a in an amateur production of Wicked here. Oh, um, and um, yeah, so we've got Kara Sims. That's Kara. So she's playing um, Max, the daughter, and Katie Weston, who's playing the mum. And so yeah, Kara was one of the first we brought on board as in terms of the casting for the show. Um, and she with
4: her alphabet, she was one of the first, I think the production that was, was the first young production of Wicked in the world. So wow. she was kind of the first alphabet of that age, um, wow. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, if somebody plays Elphaba, you know that they've got the pipes.
4: She can do anything. <laughs> oh, oh,
3: sure. Absolutely. I remember I've taken, I've seen Wicked multiple times, many Elphabas, including oh, the original cast. Um, I'll stuff it. <laughs> I know, I know. Honestly, I could, like, turn this computer and show you where the theater is, which is just not no. good. Not good for my credit cards, guys. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but I re- I've taken people to it, and there'll be, like, an understudy, and the person will be like, oh, man, and I just tell them, the they do not put right. bad actresses in these parts. They have to know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean it's so that's that's very, very cool. I've interviewed another alpha bus, she was a, a standby, but she got to go on uh multiple
0: times. So I thought I'd bring that up.
3: And congratulations to her that you know, yeah. and, I and mean, what a plus
0: she, yeah, and she she like I was talking about before about how um um this is the first time writing for someone else's voice. And I I was struggling with it, and so I already had her in mind. Um, I, you know, we've been friends for a while. We'd written a song together for like a pop song. Um, and she is the type of singer that you tell her to, to sing something and and she'll do it 10 times better. And she'll offer you a different (laughs) riff that goes even higher. And it's just more amazing than you could ever hope for. But, um, in terms of Katie, um, and, and Cara, they both are such intellectual actors. And when you give, um, like those really strong actors' um, music, Um, it's really joyous because they take it on board and they deliver a performance that brings all of the the crafts together. And um, I think it's been really exciting to watch um, Katie and Cara, as well as Connor Putland, who plays Harry in the show, seeing all of them originate brand-new material, and they just own it so fiercely. Fearlessly.
4: And there's such authenticity um, with their characters, and they work with Geordie so well to kind of bring that about. And obviously, it's a short show, so they don't have much, like there isn't much in the story in general, but Jordi, it's, it's really
0: hard for them because it's so short they have yeah. to just go for it we have to believe them instantly, they yeah.
4: don't get Jordy uh, did so much work with them before in creating these characters as real people which you would have to do for a full show, but for a half an hour show, there's even more to kind of learn that you don't even get to see um, so it's been such a joy and pleasure to work with them through that um, and see how they brought them to life Uh, Now, is
3: the show, uh, are all of the actors in the same COVID, I would assume, controlled uh, space and they're being filmed or are they on different computers or cameras? How is how is the tech working?
4: Um, no, so, so everything was filmed on stage, a real stage, a real theatre, um, in, in December. Person. In person <laughs> in December last year. So we could have the whole cast together, the whole film crew. We were lucky that um, our COVID restrictions eased up to have that capacity in a theatre only a few weeks before we were shooting. So everything was very on the wire with what we were going to be able to do, what we couldn't do. But it just came together so perfectly that we could have... Everyone filming it like a film is filmed, but on stage.
3: <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, that's really that's like really it. that's really cool. Um, uh, myself and my my writing partner did five video, like solo videos, from a show that we wrote, and it was all kinds of tech. I just yeah. remember just, yeah, we had to a, write a, a, a click track for them. I didn't even know what a click track was, but it's like, oh. for those of you who don't know what it is we out know. there, yeah. it's, it's like a, yeah. a metronome going through do, do, a song. Do, do. Yeah. And then they sang yeah. it a cappella with a, in their ear. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, if anybody's really interested in what the process is like, I actually have a video of it talking about Amazing. how it's done and it's on, um, my running the musical page, just
0: in case any, you know, I just yeah, have it. to, um, promote myself there. It's a, it's a mammoth. It's a mammoth to do any form of those videos. And I think at the start of COVID seeing them all start and I think all of those, anyone who doesn't know how they were made should check that out. Cause it's a, a real big undertaking to try and pull that yeah. together.
3: It's insane. I was, I was like, uh, okay. I, I probably felt because I, I write plays and, and things like that, but I probably felt like you felt when you started working on suddenly where it was like, huh, like just one step at a time. What's next? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. <laughs>
4: um,
3: what are you hoping audiences take away from suddenly a short new
0: musical? I think the biggest thing I hope people walk away from suddenly with is realizing what's really important. Um, and, 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 and what is, is how, how, relationships can be really precious and really fragile. And I think one of the most interesting parts of the story for me is about, you know, as you grow up, um, as a kid, you, you, the smoke and mirrors behind your parents, can be a little bit more visible, you know, and I think growing up learning that our parents are also just humans as well. Um, and they're not, they're not always perfect. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest messages behind suddenly is that relationships are so important and all, all of us, we're all just works in progress and we need to be there for each other and and be patient with each other. Good.
3: That's, that's nice. And I like that there are, um, it feels like there are a lot of stakes within the show. And uh, yeah. I, I feel um, like there's a really strong, solid arc in it where they, yeah. you know, the characters start here and then are, com- you know, not completely, but for the most part different towards each other, at least.
0: Yeah. A hundred
3: percent. And and who hasn't gone through that with, with their parents?
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think what is really exciting is, is, how, how glorious a relationship can be once you get through that learning of the, what's behind the smoke and mirrors and you, you get to actually just have a friend with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, I think I find it really beautiful. And, Mm. and one of the last scenes in the, in the, in the musical is, you know, cause we didn't want to wrap it up with a bow, you know, we don't finish it with a big tap number, even though I wanted to, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, there's just, it's just, we, we leave it in a place that, um. I think audiences will be re- really satisfied with as well.
3: Oh, good! I, I, it's it sounds really, really nice and beautiful, and uh, I, I agree. Once you once people start getting real with each other and they put it all out there, that's when the healing can begin. And exactly. Um, exactly. Um, that's 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 really a lovely theme, guys. It's that's outstanding. Thank
4: you. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Um, now, when I got the press release. From Dean, um, he had a, uh, there's a paragraph in there, or part of a paragraph that I would like to read. Yeah. Okay. What started as a passion project helmed by creative producer Dean Guild quickly grew into a fully developed musical experience. The unique production embraces the digital renaissance of live theater through filmed media. I love that. Uh, unifying the scale and electricity of live performance with the nuance and intimacy of film that is encapsulating with so many and beautifully well-worded what so many people uh, are, are doing because I, I feel like we're in, we're sort of in the learning phase right now. We're not in the panic phase. We're, we're in the learning phase right now. And, um and I think that that's a beautifully written statement and goal. Mm. Very nice, thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, now, from what I'm hearing, reading, and researching, Australia is really leading the charge on the return of live theater. Uh, now, I definitely want to discuss that, but for now, I want to I want you guys to go back in your mind, in your minds, of that very, very like first day when you you know what I'm talking about when it all shut down. Mm. Um, What was that like for you?
0: I had this moment where I I still live at home with mum and dad. And um, um, dad's pretty relaxed, pretty chilled about everything. Um, And he read one article kind of, you know, when it all was starting and and we saw him just completely change. And we were like, oh no, he said, this is kind of serious. And, 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 you know, we all kind of thought we're going to, we're going to be spending a lot more time with each other. (laughs) And um, I think it was, you know, we're really, really lucky. And we know that we have, um, we're we're so privileged, especially here in Australia, that we knew we were going to be okay. We knew we were going to be safe. And I think for me, I knew that I could take this time to really, really just like block out every bit of distraction and just really get to work and start some self-improvement, which I think, (laughs) <laughs> pretty much everyone's try- tried to start doing as well, you know, sure. not even just self-improvement in terms of career, journey. but also like everyone painted that wall that needed painting <laughs> and fixed the desk that they needed to fix. And I, and I, I think that was kind of the nice takeaway for, for me.
4: Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for me, when it all started, uh, as we mentioned earlier, I was meant to be going to New York in about three weeks. Um, and that was, to me, this, like, huge, crazy, exciting new experience, like, the next stage of what my career, what I was going to be doing. Um, so, obviously, that was a huge shift and kind of, um, at first, we thought, oh, I'll go in two months. Like, it yeah. won't be long. Like, what could happen? <laughs> um, so then, obviously, as that extended, um, yeah, everything was just very similar. My experience, I think, to Geordie's as well with our family, you um, and the privilege we had of even being able to see what was happening in places like France and Italy and New York a few weeks. So we were always like a few weeks behind everyone um, with when it actually reached us and everything like that. So we did have that luck in a sense of kind of being able to see where we were going and um, act in advance
0: also we're just like this random island away from everyone else
4: (laughs) so so we kind
0: of it's pretty easy for us to say
4: goodbye world
0: we'll see you next year
3: yeah
0: (laughs) I'm,
3: i'm not looking for a barbara walters moment here trying to make people cry but like emotionally did you did either of you like have a breakdown or did did you get depressed for a day or so or did it did it just kick right in what you needed to do
4: yeah, it was definitely difficult at the beginning. And I think, um, not only was every, we'll put you on a personal angle, not everything, not only was everything shut down, but, um, I had finished uni. I didn't have a job because I was going to New York in three weeks. Um, and so I was kind of left with nothing to do, nothing, nothing, um, yeah. other than, my family in the house, um, Netflix, and, and, and yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, Finish Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, So I think that was definitely the first few months were difficult in figuring out what's happening and just seeing the world in this panicked state. It was just so crazy, and I think, um, I think seeing all of the the light and art and entertainment that was coming out of the theater community, specifically from Broadway, from the UK, from like the local Australian scene, that was kind of like a huge light and hope seeing what people were doing together still to create and help people feel better around the world. Yeah. which Yeah. 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 Well, that's for me, one of the, I'll go on.
3: No, please. You finish.
4: One of the, the
0: more, the biggest challenges for me was, my older brother, we, we kind of had two lockdowns in, in Australia last year. So one, um, uh, we had this little gap in June. And and in that gap, my older brother who's two years older, he moved out. Um, and then so kind of the day after he moved out, we went back into one of our harshest lockdowns. The <laughs> and so it meant that you know, someone that I'd been seeing all the time. Our family dynamic kind of changed, and and he he moved out, and we couldn't see him because of this lockdown. And so it was a really tricky time for us. But and I I ended up moving into his his bedroom for a studio, right? Um, which was was really good for me, but also it was really challenging trying to trying to take. All of the work that I do in, in, in what was my bedroom studio, now in a new room, with, in a new space, it took a while to kind of adjust to it all. And I think um, when you when you change your day-to-day so dra- dramatically, mm-hmm. especially then when you lock, lock, every, lock everything down, yeah. um, it's, it's quite intense and a bit full on. Wow. So were your lockdowns like our,
3: ours were you could only leave your house if you were going to the grocery store? Or the pharmacy, or the doctor, one yeah. of those, one of those three elements. Otherwise, you're inside. Was is that yeah. sort of synonymous with
4: um, what you did? Yeah, I think I think we kind of technically, as the newspapers say, um, had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. Definitely the strictest at the time um, in Melbourne, particularly. Um, we were placed under a very strict lockdown from March to the end of May. Then we had that four, five-week gap. And then from July to around September, October, we were again in this full lockdown. Um, So it was nearly five full months in total. Um, Mm. And yeah, just like you said, we were only able to go to essential businesses. Everything else was shut down, working from home. We were only able to travel up to five kilometres from where we lived. um, And we were only allowed to exercise or go outside of the house for either one or two hours per day. Um, So it was very much very strict (laughs) um and yeah unlike a lot of other cities around the world and um it was entirely compulsory like it wasn't a recommendation it was the law and enforced um so yeah that was a huge shift and um factor in everyone's lives obviously but i think um and it was of course constantly contested in the media with different arguments from every side but um I think we should just just be grateful at where we're able to be today because of the lockdowns we did. Um, I think the the biggest number of cases Australia had in one day in total was 700. So that felt like a lot to us, but obviously in the scope of the world, that is a very small number. Um, But we were just so lucky that that was our peak and we were able to control it from there. Um, And yeah, like I said before, it's been, I think, a few months now with no cases in Melbourne, um, theaters are open, cinemas are open. Everything's pretty much back to normal now, which is, yeah, we're just so lucky. And even people's morale and lifestyle is this back to new normal.
3: Wow. Um, is, is there still, uh, a lot of mask wearing or is that off? now you'd said, you'd said earlier, I don't know if that was before we started uh, the show that, um, uh, masks certainly required on public transportation right
4: yeah yeah so that's the only okay. time we need masks it used to as on to, up until i think it was a week ago we still had to have it in shopping centers and supermarkets mm. but now that's been lifted as well because we reached a new date of zero local transmitted cases wow i would love yeah. to see that very lucky
3: yeah indeed you know and we as we were talking about earlier, we have the vaccine here. So we needed it here because it's, it was just, it was horrifying for the first few Mm -hmm. months, just Mm -hmm. like, like refrigeration trucks in front of funeral homes and things like, I'm sure you saw it on the news. I think
4: all of us were glued to that news for many months as well.
3: Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And we were allowed to go out for exercise, but I I mean, honestly, I didn't want to at the time. Mm. I was freaked out.
4: Mm. It and was especially like, in such a busy city, you can't be on your own. You can't, yeah.
3: Yeah, you encounter, you know, just walking to the grocery store, you encounter, you know, 25 people. So,
2: yeah,
3: uh, yeah it was weird. I, um, one of the Broadway actors out here, his name, his name is Telly Leung, and he described it really well And he said, COVID has done a mental hit on everyone. Like, it's just been, it's, it's crazy. It's something I've never seen in my life. And I lived through AIDS and HIV. So, yeah. um, it's just, you know, that it, it's in the air was
4: mm-hmm. wacky.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you're on the other side of it, or working on okay. the other side of it. You're, you're in like the, the, the final third, I think, hopefully. And yeah. when you get, when you get your vaccines, then that'll yeah, be.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, we can't wait for you all to join us. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> we're, 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 just, we're just counting down the days for you all. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. Now, I love that Australia Theatre is on the side of, of re-emergence. I think that's yeah. that's great. It's It gives us hope. Yeah. Um, so I want you to know that we gave you hope through... Projects and things like that that you've got to watch online. You're giving us hope uh, for that. Um, can you speak to sort of how that process unfolded? When when did theater start reopening? Uh, what are some of the measures put in place mm. to account for the reemergence and how have they changed and developed?
4: Yeah, uh, it was, from, it was definitely a, a constantly evolving scene. Um, yeah. right from, because obviously people were trying to open theatres as soon as they could. And now that they can fully, it changes throughout that. Um, and I think as of right now, there are still some capacity limits in Melbourne, I think. Um, but there are also some larger theatres that have been given exemptions and are operating at full capacity to sold-out audiences every night, which is... Just, it, it still feels crazy. Even though we're living on the other side of that, it will take a long time for that to feel like it didn't happen to happen now and everything like that. Um, and at the moment, you still have to wear masks in a theatre, mm-hmm. um, in most of them, I believe. Um, and, yeah, I think... Large-scale theatre started with Frozen in Sydney in December or November last year, um, mm-hmm. and then Hamilton just had their opening in Sydney. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, and then Hamilton, yeah, had its opening, I think, last week or the week before, which was huge. And it's really kind of nice to see how even people who aren't in the theatre industry in Australia are looking at, like, everyone kind of saw that Hamilton opening night as the Australia is leading this for the world. Um, yeah. Whether you were into theater or not, it was this huge landmark of we've recovered or recovering from COVID and everything like that.
0: The first um, I remember going, I was up in Brisbane um, a few, a few months ago and saw Shrek and mm-hmm. which I mean, brilliant. Yeah. Love it. But <laughs> I remember just sitting there with, you know, a full crowd and just looking at everyone and just had a moment. And I think everyone's going to have that moment mm-hmm. where you just kind of go, this is really strange. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's kind of overwhelming. And, and there was just, you know, when the show finished and you see all the audience stand up and clap, it's almost like everyone just clapping for each other as well. Yeah. Being like, isn't this great? Like yeah. it's the whole community. it's really community beautiful. Community. And I think that one of the most anticipated, um, industries to, to get back to it is definitely Broadway. And I think Mm -hmm. that when it comes time, it'll be very overwhelming for for the whole world. Um, and it's just this. So
4: much, so much runs through your head when you sit there and you look at these people and you see them having all these things run through their head. And there's kind of this shared overwhelmment.
0: Yeah. And I feel like very few, um, things are universally shared. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think this is definitely the first of our lifetime that is a universal um, shared, I mean, maybe, maybe apart from climate change, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's that idea that we're all sitting here and we all have something that, that, that kind of unifies us all.
4: Yeah. And
0: um, it, it, I know it's just really, really special, really special.
4: Yeah. But um, yeah, I think like it was a, a journey to get there. One of the first shows that I saw um, before, large theaters were open was this little production that um, they took down like the tiered seating in their theater and they built these plastic boxes or booths that different (laughs) groups of audience members. So anyone you came with, you would sit in a box and then it was like theater in the round around these boxes around the stage um, where you sit in and you're protected (laughs) because it's transparent walls everywhere. Um, So it was that particular company's response to making sure they could open even if, yeah, safely, even if we weren't at zero transmission numbers, but um, you would be able to be contained within your household or your guests that you've come with. Mm. Um, And I think that was really interesting to see how they... Changed shows or developed shows particularly for it. I think Adapted, they had, yeah. yeah. I think they had a a full season of five or six shows in that space, um, which had to become more kind of immersive in the sense that if people are locked in boxes, how do you still make them feel part of it, and yeah. how do you interact <laughs> in that sense? Um, but yeah, it was very interesting and really cool to kind of watch how people were trying to be creative to, to get people together, to watch theater.
3: Wow. But, but people are trying, people are not letting this die. Everybody is, is, is doing whatever they can to maintain theater, whether it's filming it and putting it up um, or, or some small theaters out here have completely re-engineered their theaters. So that they do have the, the plexiglass around them and taking yeah. out seats. The ventilation. Yeah, the ventilation systems. It's, um, it, it's, I, I feel proud when I think of that. I really do. And I, I want everybody to be proud that we've kept this going.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: it's, I mean, it's just such an odd time, but, um, but indeed that's, that's great that that theater did that. Um, out here, I've, I've often said that in, in New York, it's going to be the smaller theaters that are leading the charge, yeah. yeah and um it's that's because like we have restrictions of like thirty three percent max audience, mm-hmm. and then there's a maximum of seats it's it's also applies mm-hmm. to sporting events um and such, and uh there is no way a Broadway show can survive financially. Exactly on a 33% house there. So it's going to be the smaller ones until we're, and then eventually the bigger shows will open up and probably sooner than we think.
0: And I think it's really exciting that those little shows will get that attention (laughs) and will get that spotlight. And I think that's kind of something that we've really, um, you know, taken and ran with is like, we, our show has been getting so much, um, Um, attention that it wouldn't have gotten if it was just normal times. And I think people are really looking for work to champion and to hero. And I think there's so many terrible things that have happened, but there are also some really amazing things that are coming from this. And I think one of those, those things for the Broadway community is giving those little theaters and maybe some of those fringe shows, the spotlight um, to lead the charge for Broadway.
1: Mm -hmm. at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
3: Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, it, it's it's very strange how priorities and balance is tipped a little bit as far as mm-hmm. the, um, I don't really want to say like the hierarchy. I don't know if that's the the right word yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
0: 100%, 100%.
3: But it's, it's there's, a, there's power shifts going on here and there. And, um, you know, it's not in a bad, like dynasty kind of dramatic way, but, (laughs) but but it's there. I mean, it's people who had big power before having to reclaim it now and other people who who didn't, who weren't heard from as much are now going, look at me, uh, you know, and there's a lot of people who are just, they've just stopped, Mm. you know, they don't want, it's just too hard for them. So it's cool that you guys are stepping up and, 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 and making it happen. And, and, and it's such a, um, it's an opportune time. And I, again, I don't say that harshly or it sounds harsh, but uh, there's no other way that I could put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, i
0: we're completely, completely aware of that and kind yeah. of taken advantage of it as
3: well. Yeah. Um, just, just for our audience sake, I'm going to kind of go through some shows that are either open or opening. Mm-hmm. I have this, uh, timeout article, uh, you, as you said, uh, frozen mm-hmm. where on another article that I, uh, pulled up, they said that frozen is not allowing like intimate contact on stage. Um, they're all tested, wow. but no kissing and hugging or anything like that, which wow.
4: yeah, I, I didn't know that.
3: What well, was in an article that I read, I think it was like 3 weeks old. <laughs> yeah,
4: wow. Yeah.
3: Crazy, huh? Yeah. Um it's closing, it says until May 23rd of 2021. You got Magic Mike Live, uh which is until May 16th. Why not? As you indicated, Hamilton, um which is going probably longer than this, but November 14th. Yeah. Um, there's a show called halftime. I don't know if you've heard of this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, one of, one of my friends is choreographing it. Um, looks and great. looks yeah. so cool. I loved it. I saw it in Chicago.
3: when awesome. I went to work with my, um, with my, uh, uh, musical writing partner, it's very, very cute.
4: It okay, is. Okay, okay, we'll awesome. Check it out. <laughs>
3: yeah, you should. Uh, there's something called Pete the sheep. That's Not going good. to multiple ben- uh-huh. venues. That sounds so adorable. (laughs) Right. I think that's like, I wouldn't say it's probably children's theater. Uh, Chappelle, Chappelle, uh, and it starts opening or opens on April 22nd. Fun Home.
4: In Sydney.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, Sydney theater
4: company. Have you guys seen Fun Home? No, that was, that production was meant to open in Melbourne. I think this time last year, um, and so now, since COVID, I think Sydney beat Melbourne out to get it first, but I'm hoping that it will come to Melbourne soon after that Sydney run. But, yeah, it looks great with a great cast as well.
3: Oh, terrific. Yeah, that's that's a great show, and I love, yeah. love the score. It's yeah, a beautiful it really score. Very nice. Uh, come From Away yes. opens in June, and that's a great show as well. Uh, American Psycho the Musical, which I loved here in New York, <laughs> that opens on June 3rd. Um, the Wedding Singer uh, on July 1st, yeah. and I saw that in London just before we flew back and got locked um. down, <laughs> and then I wanted to say that we got Phantom coming um, at the Opera House September 1st, and Waitress is coming to uh, Sydney.
0: So And we are very excited though Melbourne. We've also got Moulin Rouge about to open as well. Yeah,
3: I
4: think in August or something.
3: Way cool. That's that's a yeah. great show. I, I really yeah. liked it. Um if you can definitely see Waitress, it's an awesome show. I've seen it yeah. multiple times.
4: We actually saw it in London a few years ago now. Yeah. yeah. Amazing.
0: <laughs>
3: Who did you see play Jenna the lead?
4: Oh no. I have I
0: no idea. No. Um, it, a- was, it was just after. Um, Catherine
3: McPhee. Yeah. yeah just after she, she left.
0: left um...
3: Lucy Jones.
4: Yes. 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 yes okay. Yes. Yeah. She,
3: I've watched, I've watched some stuff on her on, uh, YouTube. Uh, I saw after Lucy left, um, uh, Sarah Borellis took over the part. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh <laughs>
3: yeah. If it comes back, just cross your fingers that she's in the role I think she great. loves
0: it so much. She uh. just will keep coming and
3: doing it. <laughs> Honest to God, she oh, I, I was so. a little weary when I found out she was gonna be in it out here. And then someone's like, You need to drop that and go. She knows that lady, that character mm-hmm. so well. She's right. she's dynamite. And I saw um Jesse Mueller, the original. Oh, so yeah. it's it's so if you know. Yeah if you yeah. get a chance, <laughs> go see that show. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's I nice. know I thought my husband's like oh my god you're obsessed with that show it's weird <laughs> it's it's
0: it's heart wrenching it's stunning
3: i know so, i know it's so it's great and um uh, i've seen it. i saw it, when it
0: it just opened in um
4: was it japan japan i think they just opened
3: yeah yes, i saw i saw yeah. that video yeah. yeah yeah wow so brilliant yeah way cool very very, very cool, cool. Um, I kind of tell a little story where I used to go to a writer's group in a um, uh, like a studio over here it's called Ripley Greer's a a series of them out here and the song um, that Don sings When He Sees sees Me me. I heard so many actresses try and sing that in a rehearsal every single time we'd have a writer's group there's a girl in there trying to to sing When He Sees Me Uh.
0: Some more so successful good.
3: than
0: others. <laughs> so good. No, that's, that's the best part about it. Oh, I yeah. think that's one of the things that I'm really excited for, 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 to see, you know, who wants to have a go at singing some of the songs from our show. And, and, and it's just like everyone takes, takes the material in so many different ways. And, and which shows like waitress that, you know, start getting those international audiences. It's like yeah. amazing to see everyone yeah. doing oh. it their own way, which is really cute. Absolutely.
3: What was it like the first time you heard um, the actress singing your songs?
0: Um, it's pretty special to be honest. Uh, the first time I heard Katie Weston singing, um, you know, there's one of the songs in the show is um, the, the, the mom's kind of, bigger ballad moment we only we only have one ballad moment but <laughs> it's a big it's, one <laughs> it's, it's pretty big and 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 you know it was in the casting stage and she sung it and I remember just having this video of her doing it and I just started crying I was just like oh my goodness like this is weird and it's beautiful and it it, it felt it felt really really exciting um, and then the next stage of that was when we had the ensemble in there and we have these luscious cinematic um, en- ensemble vocals. And, Dean, we're, we're rehearsing. It's one of my favourite <laughs> stories from rehearsals. We, um, um, Ned was, was teaching the
4: um, ensemble for so the first time in per- They started yeah. on Zoom, um, but this was the first time we were in person. Yeah. So they had already learned it. So um, it was just matter of putting it together yeah.
0: and I was out in another room with um the cast we were working on some stuff and and Ned uh sorry Dean comes comes out and says hey guys you better come you look at this you have to come in and Ned was was singing was 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 getting them to to sing it all back and he got a little bit emotional as well and just like you know hearing the work for the first time is it's just crazy like it it doesn't feel real, you know. You're like pinch me. <laughs> you know,
4: and and yeah. on top of that, it was kind of everyone's first time singing in an ensemble or hearing a huge group since COVID was the first rehearsal. So it was on so many levels, it was just really, really special. Mm. Wow, how powerful! Yeah.
3: And what a what a great what a great story. I love that. Yeah. There is there you know you get tingles when yeah. when somebody's finally singing your song or or saying your words in a rehearsal yes. room. It's just yeah. you spend so much time writing it and just, you know, either alone or the two of you writing it. Um, I, I used to tell people when we'd be in rehearsal and in development and stuff, like, like there's a show in here somewhere. There really, really is. <laughs> and I mean, I, you're, and you just spend so much time like in the technical brain of it that it's yeah. um, so I can, I, I can relate. It's, that's just such an yeah. elation. And I'm so glad that, that you said that. I know a lot of people will be feeling that
2: yeah. as
3: well. Um, what surprised you the most about your fellow artists reaction to the COVID 19 crisis, your peers? Um, did something really just jump out at you and surprise you?
0: I think, I think we kind of operate in different um, industries in the same industry, you know, like sub industries, but in terms of like, like live music and pop music and, and, and musicians, um, I think everyone really struggled and it was a really, really hard time. And um, actually I did a, a live show the other day and I was talking to one of the sound guys um, who was mixing the show, one of the engineers um, afterwards. And, and he was telling me, he was, goes, it was just the hardest few months of his life because the, you, as a sound mixer, you can't do that at home. You know, there's no audience. And, and I think writers could, just keep doing their work from home. You know, I, for me, I really, really benefit, benefit off of that time. Cause I can do it all by myself, you know, in my studio and, and do all of that. But I think in that, in the, the scene of live music and, and all of that there's it really hit those artists as well. Um, even, in really yeah, way. even
4: with all the, the artists who do the kind of backstage technical side of things who had nothing to do, the theatre that we started our rehearsals at, it's called the Alex Theatre in St Kilda. Um, and they started a program for theatre techs who had no shows to tech. Um, as soon as we could have, they could have enough people in the room, they, um, <laughs> yeah, they built this, um, like complete 360 screen setup and then, basically the, the same how they filmed the Mandalorian on Disney Plus like that whole yeah. screen world set um, yeah and they got all of these these um, the
0: technicians to to you know have this project to work on which is really really
4: really cute yeah gave them something to do and yeah some hope and everything during that time where there were no shows to take or nothing yeah nothing to do
0: wow that's really inspiring Wow, mean, and and you you spent a lot of time with talking to other producers, which might have been yeah, well,
4: I, yeah, I think something that was very interesting for me and sort of like starting a career as a producer as well was I had this opportunity where a lot of New York Broadway producers had time that they would be happy to have a Zoom with me and talk with me. And I'm just so appreciative of everyone who I was able to connect with and learn from and all the different um, online courses that popped up from it. Um, a really great one, The Business of Broadway. I don't know if you know of it. Um, Rachel Sussman is one of the, the, the women that run it. And it's been so great, sort of just like a course for producers and people who want to produce actors um, at all various stages. And that's been something that I think came out of COVID that's been so amazing to learn from. And the, oh. what was the other one you did with them? Yeah, the, I also um, did the producer's perspective. Um, Ken Davenport's Oh yeah. Um, Theatre Maker Studio. Um, yeah, some of some of those courses as well, which was really really great.
3: Yeah, I've uh, I was a guest um, or the plus one for my composing partner Leo Schwartz. So I I went to a lot of seminars, and they're great. I mean, yeah. That guy, he's, by the way, he's another one of the co-podcasters on Broadway Podcast Network. He is just like one idea after another. Yes. Have you noticed that? Like yes. he just doesn't stop. You can do this and then you can do that and then, and then, then you can have a reading and then you can, I mean, he's just, he knows the next step, yes. like a hundred steps
4: ahead.
0: Yes. That, he's that been was really kind. Um, to, to suddenly as well. Yeah. I've been um,
4: fortunate enough to have a few conversations with him about suddenly particularly, and he's been so supportive and helpful and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's, um, uh, I, I believe you said it, but it's the producer's perspective.
4: Yeah. That's his podcast.
3: Uh, and yeah, that is his podcast. And again, you can, um, access that on Broadway podcast network where yeah. you can find me in my podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, now, um, before I have you give your social media information, my husband has a question for you both. Are you ready?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm so ready. excited.
3: Kath or Kim?
4: Uh, <laughs> that's a good
0: one. <laughs> um, I would have to go with Kath. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Why, do I? Uh, I don't know. Just I, I love the, I love the vibes. Kath, Kath, it's,
4: I like in Kath. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, I'm going to agree. It's just <laughs> yeah. so fun. So um, great. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good question. <laughs>
3: well, we it's were so obsessed a- with it. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, really? Just, oh, geez. It was, that was one of our, our COVID binges. And, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we watched all the movies. And, but oh, I have to, good. I think that
0: Kath is just such an odd, strange <laughs> i mean if i have to be honest i would have to lock in sharon i think oh, that's I am, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that was, uh, and do you know, what, what was the movie a kath kim Dorella. kim, kim Durella. yeah
4: yes yes yeah, yeah. classic
3: classic <laughs> god just just hilarious and i know it's like epic out there um but yeah. we found it and we love it and so and, and he's obsessed with it yeah.
4: it's been I'm, such a long time since it was on now as well yeah, yeah. Do they have any plans to make anything
0: new or who knows? I don't the most so. recent thing that I think they've done was the, they did like an Uber Eats ad. Oh, yeah.
4: That was just Sharon.
0: Which was Sharon and Kim Kardashian.
4: <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah. I you think can, you can find it online. It's a very good ad.
3: Oh my God. You know, I often thought, you know, I, I am Sharon.
0: In a way, I'm Sharon. <laughs> In a way, okay. aren't we all, aren't are we, we all? are we all? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I she think really, that's the biggest takeaway from Suddenly. We're all we're all a little bit Sharon. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, um, is it too uh, late to recast?
4: <laughs> <laughs> What's Maggie doing now? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll,
0: we'll hit her up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's
3: probably winning more awards. She scored quite a few yeah. awards, I think, for that show, but yeah, and, and well deserved. Yeah, it's yeah, very so, much so. Thank you for indulging me with
0: that. <laughs> of course, of course. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or him, I should say, even though I love the show as well. <laughs> uh, before we go, please give our audience your social media information and the information about um, suddenly a short new musical uh, so they can keep up with your company and uh, uh, see the show.
4: Yeah,
0: so well, um, I'm I'm
4: Geordie.RaceColdry on Instagram. <laughs> That's Geordie's personal. Um, I'm Dean.Guild and um, Suddenly is at Suddenly Musical, one word, across all social platforms. And SuddenlyMusical.com is where you can go to find all the information, backstage information. And to eventually um, be able to
0: watch the show.
4: Yes, on April 30th, it will be live on YouTube for free for everyone to go and enjoy.
3: Ah, oh, that's awesome. So awesome. Dean and Jordy, I am so, so excited, um, for both of you. And I think that you're inspirational and, um, just, I just love that you found something to do and then made it not just you took a five minute idea and, and made it into a beautiful musical and, uh, and tested yourselves and challenged yourselves in such a difficult time. And that is really, really inspiring to people. And I thank you for doing that. And I thank you for being on the show. You've been wonderful. And I wish you many broken legs in your career um, and with uh, suddenly a short new musical and, 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 all of the musicals that occur after that or, or whatever you're doing. Um, thank you. You're, you, you're just, you're delightful and uh, extremely talented. And I, I, I thank you so much for being on the
0: show. Oh,
4: that's so kind. You. Thank you so thank much you for you having so us. Much for having us.
3: My pleasure. Yeah. Well, folks, the 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken. So it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to Dean Guild and Jordy Race Caldry Weren't they great? You can find more episodes of your program is your ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm/ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm/ypiyt. And the Broadway Podcast network now has an app. So go wherever you get your apps and download it. You'll be happy you did and it'll be so much easier to use on your phone and on your tablets. So please do that. Your program is your ticket is also on Facebook at your program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at program ticket, Instagram at your program is your ticket. YouTube at your program is your ticket. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer. Tune in, listen notes, and the UK-based theater platform, Thespi. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. It's the fastest way you can help them. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, and remember, theater is for everyone.
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. VGW report Void prohibited by
2: law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.